All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Human. I am your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today, we are chatting with Eli, brand director at Procter & Gamble by day and founder of Young Poets by Night and Weekends. Millennials wine brand Young Poets was put on the watch list of the 2022 Most Important Wine Personalities in Germany by Vinom. Well, that's super cool, man. I can't wait to jump into that. I can't wait to jump into your story, your work, you know, the, the, the multiple roles you, you have, and then everything in between when it comes to product and brand design. I mean, it's so apparent that there's such a passion for good design. I think that's how you and I you know, post doing some work together at Procter & Gamble, but you and I connected. It's like, wow, that brand is like you can feel the design and the vibe behind it. So can't wait to chat. Welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for the invitation. And uh, yeah, super excited about today. When I started listening to your podcast, read your book, I feel like a little, little German dude who was invited to a fantastic show next to a lot of very, very inspirational people such as you as well, man. So thanks a lot for the invitation. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, you've listened to the show. So you know the first question is essentially to avoid any type of job titles, which we we already covered. Uh, and that question is just, you know, who who are you? You know, what 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 defines you as a person today? And because I know that changes and evolves over time, but as as we sit here to, to today together what you know what intuitively comes up yeah so actually when i think about my journey there's three c's that's uh, that uh, define myself one is very curious i love reading i love exploring um, the world like uh, traveling to india living in australia and uh, also uh, be curious about how people react to certain ideas to certain questions the second C is creative. I'm just, I thrive for creating stuff. I love a white piece of paper. I love it. Mm. Just uh, what's, let's just come up with something. And um, a third uh, C is crazy. I like <laughs> to be a bit more crazy, do different stuff and also dare to be different. And I think that's, uh, that's what I enjoy a lot. And when I read your book, the, four, the fourth C actually came to my mind because I do all of that stuff to drive clarity you know, oh. like clarity inwards. What do I want in life? What do I want to stand for? Um, how do I feel? Why do I feel that way? And also clarity in communication on a visual basis, on a written basis, on a verbal one. And I think this is uh, what actually I, I learned in your book a lot, like asking the right questions inwards and outwards to be very clear and intentional about uh, your life. So uh, thanks a lot for this, uh, yeah, added value out of your book. Well, that that fills my heart. I mean, that's amazing. The three C's, or four four C's now with yeah. the added uh, personal Socrates bonus of clarity, which is super exciting. I mean, have you, you you strike me as a reflective person? Like, have you have you given that some thought in the past? Like, where those those characteristics come from, or is it just you know? part of your regular DNA or you're raised with with those characteristics or is this something that at one point in your life you're like like who what do I really stand for Mm. 
I think only in the last couple of years I got more aware about it. Um, I think I always took the time to reflect, but in the past, I like in the early stages of my life, I wasn't aware that I was actually reflecting. So I was a mm -hmm. professional swimmer, 10 times a week swimming, so a lot of time in the pool, a lot of time where you just swim, swim, swim. And I think this was a time when my mind started a lot like reflecting on what do I want? Um, how do I tackle the next challenge at school? Um, how do I um, make the girl that I like, like myself or stuff like that? So yeah. I think it gave me a lot of time to think about stuff and also to come up with ideas. And I think that was a bit the base. And especially in the last three, four years, I started to read a lot, like a lot of books that actually helped me to reflect who am I and um, asking a bit more questions about psychology, philosophy. And um, yeah, reading helped me a lot. And I think the third one is I really take time to reflect. Uh, I think a lot of people don't have the, yeah, the courage to take time off to really think about and reflect because they're always in the treadmill. Okay, what do I need to do next? Bam, bam, bam. Um, but I go running, jogging, uh, <laughs> one of my most uh, <clears throat> loved things. And that's probably super weird for Canadian and American people. I love to go to the sauna. I love sitting with a lot of oh, naked no. other people yeah. in the sauna <laughs> yeah. and um, just go into the extreme. And afterwards, like the 10, 15 minutes after the sauna, my mind is so free. I get mm -hmm. so clear about um, some things. I have a lot of ideas And this is what I really need in life and what I try to get uh, many times uh, during the month, actually. Saunas are just superpowers. I mean, that, yeah, there's, because you've got the, you've got the, you know, physical elements happening where obviously you're, you're heating the body and if you, and if you tap in and layer on or stack in a cold therapy with that as well, uh, that's a whole other level. But I mean, you've got the physical aspect, but your point, yeah, when you're, when you're in there, um, you have this beautiful, you know, stilling of the mind, right? Which is sad, but is not the norm these days. I mean, we just, we have, we have just lost the, the prioritization or time to just like be quiet with our minds where it just feels bizarre, mm. right? Cause it feels like we're not productive. Yeah. Um, but we know that that's, I mean, couldn't be farther from the case or from mm. the, from the situation, right? Because the more we, we, you know, slow down the minds and, and let, you know, let things settle a little bit. I mean, that's when, that's when the ideas come up. That's when, you know, the clarity to the next step, you know, really arises and, and, and so forth. So, Yeah, no, we do a lot of that over here too in North America. We just bring uh, European traditions over here. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, a place, a past guest on this show, Robbie Bent from Othership, and they just opened up a beautiful hot, cold breathwork studio in Toronto, Canada. And as soon as you walk in, you have like the Polish sauna hats and everything. Mm. So we, you know, we bring it over and borrow it from other cultures, but uh it's just such a beautiful experience i'd love to chat a little bit about you know like how how did young poets come up you know mm -hmm. from because you've been you've been at png for what seven years or so eight years now almost, eight years yeah. yeah and from what i from what i can tell a lot of product 
a lot of design, all of those elements, marketing and so forth, um, which is pretty great training to be like, that's one of the biggest, obviously, you know, I would say like powerhouse brands in the world. Like there couldn't be a better place to be learning, uh, you know, what it, what it means and what it takes to be a globally recognized brand. So I'm just curious though, at what point, uh, there was this, this desire thirst to jump into the entrepreneurial space. Yeah, actually, you're you're pointing in the right direction. When I started at PNG, the 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 VP who hired me said, "Elia, you're now joining the Harvard of Marketing." And um, yeah, PNG is known to develop super strong marketeers, and I'm super thankful to to actually be in that role to learn from very inspirational and very skilled and inspiring people. So for me, it's a fantastic um, development, but. Actually, when I studied in Boston in my last semester in, in my master's, um, I always had this idea about a cool young wine brand because when I was standing in front of the shelves, I actually didn't see a wine which was appealing to me. You stand in front of the shelf and there's a lot yeah. of same looking labels. And uh, then at one point, I just started scribbling labels. I just, uh, as I earlier mentioned, white piece of paper, I just started. Nobody gave me the task for it. Nobody gave me money for it. No, nothing. But I just had a lot of, uh, yeah, um, joy out of it. And then I started just scribbling it and then step by step. And, you know, this this theory about collecting a lot of dots outside of your life. And once you have a certain task in front of you, you kind of like connect the dots. And what I learned in PNG a lot, how you actually win on shelf. So how do you mm. stop, hold, and actually close with the shopper in the end? And I try to bring that theory, what I learned at P&G, to the wine business because you don't have a lot of big brands in the wine industry. And uh, also, I think to a certain extent, I always call it the winemakers don't think outside the bottle. They really yeah. think and put the most effort into making the best wine, but you can have the best wine if nobody tastes it. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's for the bin in the end. And I wanted to enable young, cool winemakers that they actually get a platform to, to show and uh, what they are skilled of. And then step by step, um, it came a bit from this uh, saying, wine is bottled poetry. And I wanted to make ah. it with young winemakers. And then I was with young bottled poets. Okay, it's still a bit complicated. And a friend of mine just, just call it young poets. And I was like, yeah, man, that uh, actually sounds quite nice. And I think Young Poets uh, enables a very positive connotation in people, people's mind. And my idea and dream was that Young Poets becomes a global brand that you have um, here in Germany, uh, our Young Poets, uh, who has, for example, the, the Everything Happens for Riesling or All Day Rosé. But yeah, you still enable it that you have, for example, winemakers in Sonoma Valley, the Matthew with the Captain Cap Sauvignon. You have Julie from South Africa with the Que Sera Sera. So always playing on the on the wine uh, wine grapes because in the end consumers look one for the color and then second for the grape. So mm -hmm. it needs to be super simple. And I think most of the times wine is just too complicated. I wanted to make it more fun, simpler to attract the young consumers. And they're, they're also open to, to pay a lot of money for good wine. So that was a bit the idea. And you always start with a piece of paper and with a dream, with an idea. Yeah. And then you start step by step. But uh, the last two and a half years was a rough and bumpy road, man. 
I tell you. I, I can imagine. We'll get into that. I mean, I'm just, I'm looking on another screen over here, just on, I'm on the website and there's just, I mean, well, I mean, the, the tagline is the good wine company. I mean, there, you can feel that. I mean, you, you, there, there's a, there's like a happiness or fun factor to, I guess, the, the design and the whole essence, like even, even the colored tops on the bottles, right? Yeah. It's just, because I imagine it's interesting, like when you think of the wine world, I mean, it's just, it's such a, I mean, literally been around since the beginning of time kind of industry, right? And there's just such beautiful, you know, stories and heritage behind all of it. But a lot of the times, I mean, there's a huge market, I imagine, that literally just like when you're picking up a book, like see a label on the wine bottle and like that, to your point of like shelf appeal, I mean, that at least stimulates the pickup to take a look and see what it's all about. And then then your brand probably just takes over from there, right? Is that what you're noticing with like with your clientele or do you find, do you find people are coming in very educated uh, about wines from the beginning? No, absolutely um, not. I want to excite, delight people with simple and great wine. That's a bit uh, my the purpose of Young Poets. And as you said, it's fun, but it still has an educational character. So we try to also educate the people about the simplicity of wine, the simple difference between white and red and rosé, not super yeah. sophisticated, but, but via a simple communication, visual and verbally as well. Um, that people like myself can actually understand it. So it's, uh, yeah. it's I put myself and my friends as the key target group, and I think it's most crucial. And that's what I also learned with PNG: the consumer is the boss. And yeah. often people really, really forget that the consumer has, in the end, the final decision. Independently, what you think about your product or the wine you put inside, the consumer decides, and he is the power. So you need mm-hmm. to delight him. And that's a bit um, our approach. And now we're more and more in different. Um, we're in the biggest uh, supermarkets here in Germany at Rewe and Edeka. Um, and actually I, here close by in Frankfurt where I live, um, there is also our brand, Young Poets. And I always, I almost every day go in and look, okay, is this still the same amount of uh, bottles there? I watch people, how they <laughs> interact in front of it. And actually it's working super well. You see big standout in front of the shelf. People are drawn to it. People really take it up. But And also the, f- the finalization of the product itself, the label design. I wanted to have a beautiful paper. I wanted to have it a nice um, haptic in the end. So that was really okay. important for me as well. So really excellence in execution from three meters to having it in your hand that you don't want to put it back. Yes, it's awesome. Hello, everyone. I first wanted to say thanks for being here, and I hope you're enjoying the show. I wanted to let you know if you're interested, I just launched the Better Questions newsletter designed to provide you with a consistent 15-minute opportunity to pause and think because a pause leads to clarity and operating with intention where we all win and thrive. The newsletter is short, simple, and practical, providing you with three quality reflective prompts and mental fitness twice a month. But as always, I'll adjust the frequency based on your feedback. Never forget, at any point, you are always one question away from a completely different life or outcome. 
You can sign up over at BehindTheHuman.com, which will also give you a free preview of my debut book, Personal Socrates. BehindTheHuman.com. Now back to the show. I just clicked on one of the bottles here too, and it, it popped me into to, uh, to Amazon, which is a whole, like that's a whole other uh, unique setup in terms of distribution online. Um, I didn't go further though, actually. So how, where can you guys ship at this point? So for now we focus on, on Germany. Okay. Um, but yeah, my dream and vision is that Young Poets is in all the big markets in the US, in Australia and UK, here in Europe. Um, that's a bit um, where we go step by step and I couldn't do it myself. You know, I, I started it, yeah. uh, um, but at one point you come to a barrier and actually, when I first time bottled, or actually there was one step before, I came with this idea to different winemakers, to young winemakers. And the first two or three said, come on, go back and uh, sell Gillette or Pampers or Oral-B, <laughs> but not wine, okay? Stay with your uh, expertise. And I said, yeah, okay, thanks. I'll, I'll try the next one. Yeah. So what you also probably know yourself, you need to be okay with a lot of no's in your, yeah. in your life. But once you believe in something, the note just makes you stronger and say, hey, man, how can you not see this? This is amazing. Let's yeah. just try it. And then at one point, one actually said, yeah, let's do it. And I only wanted to produce like 20, 40 bottles um, per, uh, per kind. But at that point, a big supermarket chain come, came to this young winemaker and said, hey, do you have a young idea, a, a young wine brand? I'm looking for one. And he said, I don't have, but let's uh, talk to Eli. And then during that time, I was uh, I, I was still with PNG and I am still with PNG. But that was the time when I wanted to learn everything about selling. You know, I, I connected with all my salespeople. Okay, tell me those steps of selling. What is important? How do you excite? How do you close the deal and all that stuff? So yeah, I was yeah. like super excited to learn it. Um, and then I briefly put together a little sales presentation, 10 slides, not more. I didn't have a company yet. I didn't have wine yet. I didn't have a brand yet, but I still <laughs> sold actually three and a half a thousand story. bottles to Boom. the supermarket. Boom. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Timing. Great time. But I mean, you know, like there's timing and luck and all these things. And, um, but I, I really think we, we create our own luck. I mean, you, you put it out there, right? Like you wouldn't have had that opportunity had you not reached out to, I don't know how many uh, young winemakers at that time and, you know, and continued uh, to push through the nose essentially, right. And, and land to that conversation. And, and here we are eventually, uh, I mean, there's no doubt this is, this is going to expand out of, out of Germany, Germany, but for all of the German listeners, which I know there's actually quite a big, uh, large audience uh, order away. Cause yeah, I think you'll yeah. be excited. And I just did wanna, today, go ahead. Yeah. Just today, a uh, Argentinian winemaker reached out to me and ask, hey, are you interested that I'm your new young poet from uh, with Malbec? And I was like, yeah, why not? Let's explore. So it's nice that it kind of attracts a lot of other winemakers as well, because yeah, yeah, it's a great platform. And I want to offer really young winemakers who are talented, who have passion for great wine and also dare to be different. And if you look at the packaging, it's different. The brand is different. I draw the little logo. I got inspired from a little, um, little. I think it's a little 
box from the 60s what my father gave me as a little present and there there was this uh, young guy on it um, yeah and i kind of like got inspired by him but i wanted to have still a cool twist so i gave him like this hang loose sign yeah um, it's yeah. awesome so is that the plan to essentially e expand around the world bringing on essentially other young poets and it, it being because that that in itself is also very different than having you know th this is the one this person or this even well usually it's one like this is the winemaker right and and that is the person in charge doing the mixes and and all of the um varietals and so forth and then that ships around the world but i mean you've kind of set it up that you can definitely have wine poets all around the world essentially that contribute i mean I, obviously I, I would assume there'll be you know some some just like a good uh brand outline like some good re uh requirements to be part of of the brand but what a beautiful way to to expand and and just like kind of shake up the industry a little bit yeah that's exactly the idea it's a it's a brand it's a platform we started with one male winemaker then we added um so it was christoph kern as first uh, then and from different wine region. The second one was then Victoria Lergenmüller. And actually the third one was now um, Simona Mai, who is a transgender. And with her, we created wow. a um, LGBTQ plus version, which is now all across Germany with uh, Rewe. And um, I think this is also something what young poets wants to stand for, right? Like being different and be okay to be different and yeah. living um, the respect everybody actually deserves. And um, this is what we want to really, really push forward. Yeah. It reminds me of like what keep the brand that keeps coming to mind just as I'm quite in their ecosystem is just like a, like a Peloton, you know, mm. it's just, they created this, this beautiful brand, but you also really get hooked into your specific instructors, right? It's like you, there's a default to two or three people that, really resonate with and so forth but then more people come on and then you try different things different type of exercises and spins and stuff like that whereas i see like this is is is, is similar in that sense like you you could try because there's personalities i guess behind the actual wine yeah. and it expands so cool so cool how did you you know one question i, I definitely wanted to ask because I mean, you 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 have a successful and you know career that seems to be thriving really well with with P and G. Uh, you know, that's how we met. I mean, you're doing some pretty awesome work there. Like, how did you like? Or I guess what kind of questions did you ask before deciding to start this as well? I mean, like, okay, how am I how am I going to manage both? And like, is there a way that these things can coexist in my life? Like what, I guess, during that time, and then you can bring us up to speed in, in terms of where you're at right now, having figured probably a lot of this stuff out, but like the initial questions or decisions that you were really trying to, to play with, because there's probably a lot of people out there that are in similar positions and have ideas and I mean, the, the world deserves those ideas. And I don't think you just have to go and completely leave what you're doing to uh, bring those things to the world. Yeah. And I think that's a super interesting question, because in the end, there's also a part of fear, you know, sure, fear and dare to do something different and um, to also do something which is not your main job. 
because actually it was when I was a brand manager and just ahead of my promotion to brand director. And some people actually told me, Elia, I would not do this now public. That's not the right, uh, actually the right sign to the company that you want to continue, yeah. that you want to do a career. And um, that was in my mind. But in the end, I like the fire in myself was just too big that I really, really wanted to do it. But in the end, it's just about to have the right support system, to have the right support system within the company. And P&G is a fantastic company. They said, hey, um, actually, my boss said, yeah, let's do it, man. Amazing. He was super <laughs> yeah, yeah. excited. He's, uh, yeah, you're uh, in charge of the wine for all internal meetings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, and he had one uh, important um, perspective on it. And I truly believe because in the end, every experience outside of the, your company, what you do also in marketing or business or even a different field makes you richer with experience and also possibly a better manager. And I learned tons of stuff, which I learned with young poets, which I could not have learned with uh, Procter & Gamble, but also the other way around. So actually last year I did a little wine tasting within the company and I found it amazing that actually the company like P&G offers it. I could talk about what I learned from P&G, brand building fundamentals, how to be really like a all the time brand manager to always go for the extra mile, extra mile, extra mile, follow up, follow up until your stuff is really listed. What I learned from PNG and brought to young poets, but also the other way around, what I learned from young poets and brought back a lot yeah, of stuff, of like for example, marketing on Instagram, like test and try all that stuff in big companies is not that easy because you have a lot of processes, a lot of barriers. And I'm always a bit more like a cowboy. Hey, let's just try it. Let's find out what it is on a small scale. And if it works, let's scale it up. One example was, for example, uh, was uh, we have also partnership with FC Bayern Munich. And okay. um, we usually focus on few um, male brands like Braun and um, Head & Shoulders. We have fantastic campaigns with them, which we produced in the last couple of years uh, with um, usually three of their um, um, key players. But one brand wasn't there yet, Oral-B, which I worked before. And I always said, man, there's an amazing fit with really like hygiene and health and the uh, players. And then I was on one shooting and um, I just brought one of the newest uh, editions from our Oral-B.io launch. It's a fantastic new product, um, really like top of the art. It looks like uh, beautifully designed and um, really yeah. superior clean. And I brought it and gave it to the key players and said, man, look at this beautiful product. Let's shoot something with it. And I took the material and with the agency, we created a super cool video with it. And then we actually excited the brand Oral-B about it. And then they put it on television. So it was kind of like a different approach just to try. Let's find out where do we want to go. And overall, that's a bit anyways, my approach. I'm a yeah. traveler, not a map maker. Let's find out step by step and then go and sometimes in bigger companies. And actually I learned that from the Netflix um, CEO in, in life and also in companies, there's always two different ways of um, decision-taking and do different doors. One, a one way door. I need to take the decision and then I'm out and I cannot go back. And the other mm -hmm. one is a two way door. And in big companies, often the, mm -hmm two-way door decisions are treated like the one door decision. So a lot yeah. of thinking before you actually take the decision, although you can go back afterwards. 
And that's a bit the approach what I try to also live within our team. I love it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I resonate as well. I just thinking of, you know, cause I, I came from a similar world, uh, that, that you're in with, with P and G, uh, on my side, more in the healthcare space and just, but massive, like hundred million dollar plus brands. And I think the, the risk is always that, that the brands get so big or the companies get so big that you get into this autopilot kind of way of operating. It's like, okay, we're going to launch these are the steps. This is what we're doing. This is the scope with the agency. I mean, it's, it's just the same thing. And it, and it's, and you know, there's, there, there's some benefit obviously to understanding what works and what doesn't work, but it also, you know, can stifle some creativity and to your point, I guess, trying, you know, trying new things. And, and this is where, uh, in any kind of startup phase of, of whether it's brand full mm. company, right? Like yeah. you, you, you have that luxury. And you have um, the upside in the end. You you can also test and try on in your startup, and then you come back into a company like PNG with a massive amount of internal resources, external resources, yeah. and bring your idea to life. And this is what still amazes me about PNG: the the quality of partners we have on an agency level within the company. And um, yeah, this is a is a great uh, playground as well. So cool. Well, I mean, we could talk about brands, I think, probably forever, but I definitely want to switch gears a little bit and jump into mental fitness. I mean, that's it's really the only reason you and I are, are speaking. I mean, we 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 did some work together with with PNG on the mental fitness front, and now I'm not surprised knowing how much of an avid reader you are and how much you prioritize reflection. Because I remember you asked a question. And there was, uh, I don't remember the actual question, but I remember the feeling from the question and thinking that that guy is doing some reflection or like that wasn't just a regular kind of surface level question. Like you went a few layers deeper there and and then we ended up connecting on LinkedIn and so forth and, and kind of here we are, uh, which I always love. So, you know, I'd love to know, or uh, I'd love for you to share just like your current practices or your or your your routine and and you know like how your mornings start and and how you've i guess uh developed what I, what i call mental fitness you can call it whatever you'd like obviously you i think you and i know what that stands for but just what your days look like what are your kind of non-negotiable practices right now yeah i think what you what you call mental fitness i call a bit like balance i'm thriving yeah. for balance and the more i work the more i need sports for example so for yeah. me sports is one key thing to really stay sane in the end mm -hmm. really like um the, the if i have longer days i need to still go out and run like for 40 minutes um, yeah. really yeah get get clear in my mind that's one key thing the second one is actually and and, and my wife inspired me a lot um, she started uh, two and a half years ago doing a yoga teacher um uh, yeah. And, um, then we started together meditating. So for almost okay. two years now, we meditate in the morning, like 10, 50 minutes. Um, we, we take the time to reflect and also we started way more to share our gratitude. We always were very vocal about, uh, what we, what we, yeah, like about each other, but we got more specific about certain also smaller things so we try to really have that every morning 
that we take 10, 15 minutes before the craziness of the, the day starts um, to reflect on, to take the time to meditate. Do you and have some is... go-to prompts on the gratitude um, practice? Just because I find like, I'm glad you went a little deeper saying that, that you've been experimenting going into the details because it's really easy to fall into like the big bucket gratitude things, right? Yeah. Like we're grateful for our health, you know, that we're, that we're safe, that we're this, like, but then, uh, and that's where I find people drop off because then it becomes very repetitive. So I don't know if it, have you noticed any, uh, good prompts or way to navigate, to get into those details, especially since you're doing it with your wife, which is a, a beautiful practice as a couple. Yeah. So for us, and I think it's for compliments or feedback, the more specific, the more powerful it is. And, mm. um, it really depends on the days, but, um, for example, this morning, because, um, we were both, um, here today, I was glad that and grateful that we started a day together and tonight we're going to cook together. Like for example, cooking for me is like, um, total unplug. I love it. I love cooking for other people. I, like the, the, the most happy I am big table, five, six to 10 people on it. I cook yeah. for two, three hours, whatever. We uh, we open a bottle of wine and we talk talk all, all about whatever we want. We laugh a lot, and um, this is the, the the key to happiness for me. So really, like yeah. good food, good wine, and good company. And um, this, for example, was one thing which I was happy about and great grateful today that tonight we we're gonna have a nice cooking session together. And uh, so I was then looking forward the entire day uh, to it yeah. tonight. It's amazing. What, um, do you have any type of, like when you're reading and so forth, how are you building in reflection or, you know, taking essentially what you're, what you're learning or taking that knowledge and putting it into practice and so forth? Is there anything that that's been helpful for you? Yeah. So there's different ways. One, um, I always have a little notebook, which is not okay. with lines. So it's just blank because i don't like my thoughts being in any kind yeah. of like order i like, to, like this and, is the theme the blank canvas yes I love exactly. it. yeah and so i write a lot down what i read and usually this comes up in kind of like um, shapes and forms so it's not like written down it's more like how it's ah. actually connected so different buckets and um, arrows so yeah and this is the first step and the second step, um, for two years now, I'm a, I have a team with five people and I want to pass this on. So what I started doing, and I call it a bit in a brand builder's mind, like trainings on it, what I learn and read from books. And I try to bring it in a simple way to five, six, seven slides. And then I do the session with my team and I talk about what I learned. Mm what I'm struggling with sometimes, how I act, act on it, how I struggled in the first time in PNG ad, that's just like so much work and you cannot focus. How do you drive the focus on? Um, and right now I'm reading this book called Hyperfocus, fantastic title, but yeah. it really, really is helpful for me even more to understand, okay, there's this hyper-focus where you go outward and have one thing and you need to cut away all the distractions. On the other side, there's this, he calls it scatter focus, okay. where you let your mind wander really in a productive way where you then connect the different dots that you build up through your life. 
which I find really interesting. And I, I did it already while I was running or while I was drawing, dueling. But mm -hmm. now I'm going to do it more on purpose because I know, hey, there's something, maybe a problem. I post it out there and then I leave it and I go somewhere else. And at one point, the solution, I just rely on my crazy mind, but yeah. the solution will come up. Well, we talked about it. I, I think we talked about that before I hit record. And we were talking a, a little bit about um, when we, when you were sharing some some examples of the book, right? And like the the journaling practice at the end of the day, essentially. And then, then letting your mind kind of do the work while while we're sleeping. I mean, that's the one I, I personally use the most. I'll, I'll either either I'll journal on some questions like like what you know what am I really hearing or what am I hearing in the whispers? Like, cause there's you know whenever there's a lot going on and a lot of decisions to uh, to to make or like to pull all those different balls that are up in the air. Um, Or just like write a question down like that, like what am I hearing? Go to sleep, wake up in the morning, then mm -hmm. answer it. How and often that you, is so powerful. Yeah. How often do you go back to what you wrote down on your thoughts? So I feel like I go back. I'm a probably probably a bit of a hybrid of your approach because if you were to open up my notebook, it's a dot grid notebook. So a little bit in between, not fully blank, not full lines. And it's a mix of either free thought writing or answering some prompts that are, are text. And then the other mix is exactly what you're doing, like mm. shapes, kind of like mind maps. As soon as you said arrows, I'm like, I've got so many arrows <laughs> pointing around and connecting things mm. and just like pulling together, I guess, complex situations whether mm -hmm. that's personally or professionally and and distilling it down to like okay this is it and those things i feel like i review th those mind maps mm -hmm. i'll go back i mean typically if i open up my my notebook again that's what that's where i'll go back i'll take that kind of mind mapping and usually put it in right now the the program that's kind of running my life is notion mm -hmm. and i'll bring those reflections into notions like the the results of it i should say mm. so yeah what about you like that i actually i was going to ask you you know do you go back and you know well i guess you do because you're looking at those those diagrams then you're you're distilling them down to a couple key slides right for the team yeah yeah but i think what i want to do more in the future really to write down my thoughts my feelings to go more inwards um i do a lot like really by myself but i don't write it down but i think in the future i want to do that more and um yeah why because i think we are a lot too focused on consumption and productivity yeah. i by now find a good way at png sometimes or actually i think in business world we sometimes say there's a lot of insecure overperformer, and i always talk about myself as a secure underperformer. Fortunately, uh, until now, I didn't underperform, but I think this gives me a bit the freedom, you know, to do things also differently. And also I tell my team, hey, just plug off, do something else. And yeah. um, in one book, what I read from the author of Eat, Pray, Love, Elizabeth Gilber Gilbert, Gilbert she yeah, said, yeah. and I think this is also a bit connected to the last podcast you did on creativity, where he says, actually, everybody's creative. Mm -hmm. And she says, ideas are just out there in the world, but yeah. not everybody is receptive for them. 
So you need to go out, have an open mind, and sometimes the ideas connect with your thoughts, what you actually connect, uh, created in the past. And for some, you're ready. For some, you're not. And some ideas are ready for you, and some ideas are not meant for you, but someone else. And I think it's a super interesting idea that those ideas are floating around in the atmosphere, and you go out, and you need to be open to really, yeah, indulge with them. Yeah. Well, this this comes, I mean, to me, it comes full circle to your your fourth C on clarity, because that, I mean, that's why I'm so lit up about uh, any type of reflective practice or mental fitness journaling, or especially questions, because, I mean, ultimately, you know, I mean, I agree 100% with what Elizabeth Gilbert's saying, and just that, like, it's all there, that the challenge is that most of us, for, for the majority of the day, are on autopilot, and our minds are just full, you know? And like, I mean, there's no shortage of things going on in the world right now to continually, you know, to, to add even more pressure and emotion and so forth that, I mean, if we don't take a few minutes uh, a day and, and, you know, just that's enough to just get started, to just start releasing some of that stuff, that, it, that it's, it's nearly impossible to see those ideas and, and, and those kind of thought starters and, uh, you know, the right path and so forth when we're just, we're, we're stuck. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's great. I'm, I'm glad you're, you're going to, you're going to jump in or try some of the kind of like off the cuff, I guess, journaling to process like what's going on. I mean, it, once you start doing that, I think, I feel like you start to disconnect from, oh, I have to go and review that later. Mm -hmm. It's more like you, you actually feel the benefit of the practice and the practice is just reflection and processing what's going on. So yeah. it takes, you know, a couple minutes. You get an email that that bothers you or that, you, you know, I'm speaking for myself here, like that that bothers you or or you don't get the email back and you start your mind starts looping like, well, did I, you know, are did I not say the right thing? I thought we had a really good call. Like what happened? Mm. I mean, all of that starts to loop so yeah, fast, man. right? Your mind so, tells crazy stories, man. Like we're, we're all like New York Times bestselling authors when it comes to those internal stories. So, you know, if you just take a couple minutes to pause that and, and release it, then you can carry on with your day and not, you know, not be pulled down that kind of that negative narrative. And, and to me, that's the gift of uh, a lot of these practices. Amazing. Well, I mean, I want to respect your time and get you to uh, that cooking because uh, that sounds fantastic. Um, but before, before you go, if, if you wouldn't mind, if you've got any, any reflective prompts that you have found helpful either to make big like life or career decisions, or that you find yourself reflecting on, on a, on a frequent basis, is there anything that comes to mind? Yeah. So for me, it's three things. One, I really, when I'm ahead of a, in front of a decision, I, ask myself will it be fun are there people uh, that inspire me that uh, that uh, it's a it's a good time it's not about really indulging only but is it exciting to go there you know yes yeah. um, we all know that our lives has just a certain amount of days so let's just try to make the best out of it the second one is also connected to the first one is do i do i learn is it a step out of my comfort zone is it shit man where am i and how do i get along here <laughs> So this is something which is really, I'm curious about trying new things and, um, yeah. and really developing there. 
And the third one is, um, in the end, um, will I grow? You know, do I really, in the end, get better at something and um, maybe experiences which I didn't have? And then once you're in a partnership, there's always the, the one connecting dot. Does it work for you and your wife, for your family? Yeah. And I think this is one key as well. You cannot be just for your interests. Uh, in the end, it needs to work because I'm only here and happy because I have a fantastic wife. She supports me. She has all the crazy talks, which I'm going about young poets, <laughs> where we want to go, what we want to do, etc. And she, she, she helps me to reflect a lot. And I'm very, very grateful for that. She helps me to balance. I'm more like an extrovert. She's more an introvert in the last 12 years. We kind of like uh, yeah. balance out each other again. She got more, more open. I got a bit um, yeah, more calm. So I think it's something which uh, I'm super grateful for. And in relationships, you learn always a lot. I always imagine myself, uh, I want to have like a super extrovert wife and it's going to be so much <laughs> fun, etc. But sometimes you don't know what you or your heart needs and wants, which I found mm -hmm. uh, quite interestingly, because it also took a while until I was open and reflected about it. Hey, that's actually what I want and what I need. Yeah. Um, and now we're like almost three years together and, um, she's my partner, my travel partner through life. And I'm super grateful for it. Well, here's here to that. I mean, I feel like our wives need to meet. It sounds like they, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they've played similar roles so far, uh, and they could probably meet for to, to have some therapy from us essentially. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Well, this, this was super fun. I'm, I'm just so excited that that our paths have crossed and that we were able to continue uh, through this conversation and hopefully many more. And I'm super excited to see where, where the journey takes you. And I think the first, or the first step, once I hit stop on this recording is I'm going to have to look into how to become a Canadian master winemaker of some sort. Yeah. So I can apply for the expansion into North America with you guys. Yeah. You have some good wine in Okanaga Valley. I actually went yes. there when my wife, uh, uh, was there for a traineeship in Toronto and we took a car and went there. Yeah, I love Canada, man. So I'm uh, the next time I'm there, we're gonna hit it up and uh, open up some nice bottles of wine and have way more talks. And I'm also, man, thanks a lot for the invitation. I think it's fantastic how small encounters can have such a big impact. Yeah. We had just a few minutes together, but still there was something, you know, you felt an energy and the, the urge to reconnect about it. And then step by step, and now we spoke another hour and um it, it makes my life and my experience richer so thanks for that oh right back at you amazing well have a beautiful dinner and uh experience cooking tonight yeah man mark thanks a lot all the best to to the to canada mm -hmm.